Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And now verse 18, if you've been reading along, if you've got in your Bible, let's read it together. Okay, it, starts with, it starts with and. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. It is through the local church, the local gathering of Jesus' followers, that God has empowered and enabled and charged to then go out and share the good news of Jesus all around the world. It's important in that passage, it's a familiar passage to many, to recognize the command, the only imperative, the only command in the passage is to make disciples of all nations. Often we'll truncate that. We'll just make it a nice bumper sticker. The purpose of the church is to make disciples. No. That is not the purpose of the church. Or that short circuits the purpose of the church. To just say make disciples. Because my natural tendency is to take care of me and mine. And since I like you guys, y'all too. But that is not the command. The command is to make disciples of all nations. See, and the problem is that in the world right now, a third of the world's population, we're talking billions of people, do not have the good news of Jesus in a form in a language, in a cultural setting that is accessible, understandable to them. There is no church, what we call indigenous, no indigenous church. There is no church among their people. Our responsibility is to carry this gospel around the world, this good news, so that everyone can understand, can access it. Can access it. And we do that. We, we prepare one another. You know, we might call this worship service in Sunday schools, but really just as, it's just as much a preparation station for missionaries. Whether it's across the street or across the sea. We send people out. As we will hear of many that we heard just of the Callisons that were sent from here directly. And through others we support them. And we'll hear from about them in just a moment. And through our own prayers, through our encouragement, through our finances, through our relationships, like with the Fowlers, through mission houses. You know, the church owns, has purchased two houses where missionaries can stay when they come home for a, for a season. The, the church has donated, been donated, um, received two vehicles that when missionaries come back home, they can use those vehicles. The, the, the mission team of this church who put together this worship service meets every month, the second Sunday of every month, in order to, to better fulfill that particular aspect of God's plan. And many of you will hear from some, and many of us have gone before, but I want to tell you of one other way that we go. So, so we, we prepare, we send, we support, and we go. I want to tell you about one because it's about me. 
and uh, I'm sort of selfish that way. But Chappie and I, at the end of September, in the beginning of October, will be gone for almost three weeks. And we will be we'll going to Syria. And there we'll participate in a consultation with the Syrian church, with the Iraqi church, and with folks that are working in those areas. And because, as, as she just shared, things are moving forward. And in this particular church, we at CHPC have adopted the Kurds as our unreached people. And as things are, are moving forward, there's going to be calling greater partnership for the church in the States, for us, for the church in Syria, the church in Iraq. During that time, also, we'll visit some other um, mission workers in that particular area. And I ask you to join with us in prayer because what I would, for what God would want to happen. Here's what I want. And so I must pray that God will do what I want, okay? <laughs> but I would love for us as a church to have a sister church in Iraq. Wouldn't that be awesome? And I mean, they were talking a 10 to 20 year period that we would have this sister relationship where we would go to visit them. Yes, we would go to Iraq to visit with them, to learn from them. Because the gospel's been there a little longer than here, maybe almost 2,000 years. And where they would come to visit with us, to learn and, and share with us. And, and who knows how, what God is doing, how the Spirit is moving to continue to develop the, the church in that extremely uncertain land right now. So, join with us as we, we go and to see how we might better partner with our brothers and sisters in Iraq and in Syria to share the good news of Jesus with others. One last thing that I want to, to share with you is the, the reason that Jesus, that, that God has, has given us this charge and the reason that He waits for His return is so that we'll fulfill that charge. So that this responsibility will be accomplished because God's love, His burning compassion for His creation is so great that He will not stop till every human being has the opportunity to hear of the love of Jesus Christ in a, a cultural setting in a language that they can understand. Matthew twenty four fourteen, Jesus speaking. One of those key verses. You know, we make a lot about Jesus returning when things get right in Israel, which is a whole other issue. This particular passage, though, is clear. And this good news of the kingdom, this is Jesus speaking, Matthew twenty four fourteen. And this good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Jesus will not return until the good news of his love is put in a language, in a form, so that the whole world can indeed hear. And know of His love. What we just sang about. That's the responsibility. That's the charge that we have. And here we will get to hear some of the ways that we fulfill that. In these parts of the world. In Eurasia. In Africa. In Asia. The Asian Pacific part of the world. Are the, the places that God has enabled us 
to connect with mission workers in sharing the good news of Jesus. What we'll do in a minute after we hear from those folks, then we'll have an opportunity to pray for them. As we're hearing from all 12 of those folks, just a snippet of what they're about, there'll be some pieces of paper passed out to you that are color-coded according to the colors up there. And what you're to do is just take one. Take one, pass it to the person next, and then you'll hear what we'll do with that in a minute. But now, let's celebrate as we hear from those folks that God has sent forth from us that we support who have gone to share the good news of Jesus all around the world. I'm Alice Bechtold, living in South Korea in the city of Taejon, 90 miles south of Seoul. I'm a second grade teacher at the International School My apartment is in an 18-story building just across the street from the school. I teach from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. and lead many after-school activities. I've been the high school tennis coach, taekwondo assistant coach, boy scout and girl scout director, and served on many committees. I am permitted to teach Bible classes and tell God's story for one hour during every school day. This sparks many questions, since few of my students come from Christian families. Their parents are also quite inquisitive when we have conferences. I have seen many students come to know Christ during my time here. I'm Anne Alexander, and I live in Taiwan and serve Chinese-speaking people through a ministry of Bible storytelling. Since I returned in 2007, after my year in Cincinnati, I am focusing on the people whose primary form of learning is oral rather than through the printed word. I have also embarked on a Doctor of Missiology degree through Biola's School of Intercultural Studies. My goal for this term is to tell God's story chronologically in the most effective way to Taiwan's urbanized oral learners. Most here are educated, but hate to read, which means that linear logic doesn't really impress or connect with them. Stories will. If you have read about postmoderns, you will find many similar traits in Taiwan. You need to have relationships with people over time in order to be a credible witness. I'm Kathy Angie. Joe and I live in Budapest, Hungary, telling his story to refugees. Our days are as varied as the weather. Today, I met with an Iranian family who need housing and money. The father is disabled due to beatings in prison. Their 18-year-old son is in our school program and doing very well, but the parents want him to quit school and support them. We are working to find a better solution. Following this meeting, I met with a young man from Ethiopia who is the editor of our church newsletter. Tomorrow... Joe and I will go to the refugee camp to interview refugee women to become preschool assistants. And it is possible that they have never been to school and may have never been inside a preschool. While I am interviewing the women, Joe will meet with a Kurdish family and then talk with a refugee from Zimbabwe who had all of his documents stolen and cannot reunite with his family in the U.S. because he cannot get replacement documents due to the crisis in Zimbabwe. The work that we do through the church here tells God's story about his love for everyone. 
We work hard to build a sense of open community where people of all races, nationalities, ages, and languages are welcome. I'm Kathy Steubing. My husband, Rich, and I are in our 39th year of serving the Lord in Zambia, teaching at the Theological College of Central Africa, known as TCCA. Our home is located in one of Zambia's cities, so our lives don't differ much from life in Cincinnati. Part of our telling God's story has been living it out to our children, Beth and David. We rejoice that they are both active Christians, David serving as youth pastor for our church in Pennsylvania, and Beth preparing for overseas Christian medical service as a trauma surgeon. As we've told the story in our home, we've been able to model as well as teach Christian family values at our college, and students are now spreading God's story in their own areas of ministry. Our primary focus is training Christian leaders for this part of Africa, and as we help our students understand and articulate the story in their own lives and ministries, they spread the message all across Zambia. Many are pastors. Some are denominational leaders. Many are teachers of religious education in Zambia schools and in high school-level Bible colleges that train rural pastors. One is the evangelical Christian spokesperson to the government and development agencies here in Zambia.